Welcome to Living the Dream Outdoors, the official podcast of Living the Dream Outdoor Properties. We live by the motto, it's not just land, it's a lifestyle. And we live the outdoor lifestyle every day. Whether you're a landowner or dreaming of joining the ranks of those closest to the earth, we're your brothers and sisters of the outdoors. We hunt, we fish, we're stewards of the land, and our Living the Dream team will show you the way to enjoying the land and all the outdoor pursuits it has to offer. Here's your host, Bill Cooper. I can never remember when I was so happy to see spring arrive in the Missouri Ozarks. A lot of things going on, man. The grass has turned green, the red buds are blooming, turkeys are gobbling, people catching lots of crappie and smallmouth bass. Great things going on in the Missouri Ozarks. But, you know, turkey season is just a few days away and everybody's getting excited. But, you know, there's a lot more to turkey hunting than just hunting turkeys. I'm with Mike Conaway. He's out at Merrimack Spring Park, been a good friend of mine for decades. And Mike is one of the few people that I know personally who are absolute maniacs when it comes to turkey calls. <laughs> Thank you, Bill. <laughs> That's a pretty good description of you. I, I, think. I think that fits it perfectly. <laughs> <laughs> well, you've, you've been collecting turkey calls and other paraphernalia books and that sort of thing over the decades, and I know you have to have a tremendous collection, but whatever got you started in collecting turkey calls? Well, it's just the obsession with turkey hunting itself. Uh, that had a lot to do with it. And then uh, I started getting interested in the different call makers, um, you know, the, the kind of calls that were being put out. Uh, there's a lot of custom call makers out there that, uh, you know, you can buy their calls still today. There's a lot of them on, on eBay. You can go on there and find those on the, on the eBay site. Um, and then I got the, the idea of starting to try to collect a lot of the Missouri call maker calls. Ah, good idea. So I've got, I've got a few of those, um, but then there's some of them out there that uh, – that are probably a little bit out of my price range now, like a Dan Searcy call. Um, oh, yeah, uh, very swing. familiar. For those that actually did an article, Dan Searcy from Eminence, uh, yeah. several years ago, quite a gentleman. He was 94 years old, I think, when yeah. I did the interview. He even played his mandolin for yes. me. <laughs> what a gentleman. I went down and visited with him, and um, he had just had some uh, medical work done. Uh, he had gotten blood poisoning at a very young age and lost one of his legs. Exactly. And he'd just gotten a new leg fitted and everything. And, and uh, but he still took me out into his shop and showed me his process on how he made them and everything. That's like this being was, in a museum. Isn't yes, it? it was. It was. It was. It was a very neat uh, experience. Um, so he's kind of showing me that, and I got to meet him and see some of the different calls that he's made for his wife, um, a collection that she had. Um, but uh, some of those calls now are bringing premium prices on eBay because oh, I can uh, imagine. long gone, a legend in the call making in the eminence area, along with Swinney Rayfield. He's another legend. Um, uh, and uh, But Dan, Dan made what he called a uh, fence post box fence call? Fence post box call out of cedar that he split out himself. He cut it off of his property, split it out himself, used a draw knife, um, a little hand drill type thing. He said when he first started out to drill out the insides and... And then, uh, yeah, he, he made everything, you know, like I say, by hand and uh, out of, everything was out of cedar and then done some beautiful uh, artwork on them with a the wood burner. Exactly. Just an incredible story. I, I stayed at home 
for hours. I just hated to leave. You yeah, know, he, yeah. he was such a barrel full of information. But one of the stories that he told me that I thought was really unique when he first started making these fence post box calls, he actually would go out in the hills on old farms of people that he knew, you know, decades prior who had lived and made their living off of these farms. And he would actually pull up some of the old fence posts yeah. and, and make calls yep. from uh, familiar farms, mm-hmm. which adds even a more unique twist for it. And I would imagine, well, if you could even find those calls today, they would be a premium plus price. Yeah, you don't see very many of them come up on eBay anymore, but uh, when you do, they do, be, they do bring a premium, a premium price. Yeah. And uh, uh, so we're talking, you know, anywhere from seven to $800, maybe $1,000 for one of his calls now. My, my, yeah. oh, my. Well, it's certainly, certainly be worth it, that, particularly if you know the life story of the man. Mm-hmm. Uh, of course, on this podcast, we don't have time to go into all that. But his d- dad actually owned a grist mill, I guess, out on Shawnee Creek back in the 1800s. And uh, he was quite an artist himself, man. Mm-hmm. Here I go. I'm telling a story. I can't help it. Yeah. <laughs> but, yeah. but I was at Dan's house. I noticed some pen and ink drawings on the wall and you probably saw them mm-hmm. too i'm just taking by them i thought they were the old courier and eyes prints from way back when i asked him is that a courier and eyes print he said no my father did that yeah. I, I, you're kidding me you know the detail was just yeah. incredible those things will be or got to be worth something uh too man the, uh, and the story that i remember him telling me whenever i was there he had a uh, he was a barber in Eminence for right. a lot of years. He's also a state representative for that county. Right. Um, and he was uh, in his barber shop one day, and a gentleman come in and uh, still had one of his dad's old calls that he made with all the artwork and stuff right. in there and brought it in and gave it to Dan and told Dan, wow. he said, I think you might want to have this. I would know? think so. <laughs> it was, I think it was made in 1902. Wow. What an incredible story. And uh, Somebody it, needs to do a book on Dan Searcy's life. I yes. tell you, it, it, it's really just an incredible story from beginning to yes, end. It you is. Know? And, of course, he was quite a musician, too, and uh, he spent a Wow, I don't know, two or three decades, I guess, in the courthouse there in Shannon County. And he used to tell me stories about, you know, when the work day was over, a lot of them played instruments. And they'd set it out on the courthouse, the, the front porch, I, I guess, and play and gather a yep. crowd just yep. about every afternoon. Yeah. Well, <laughs> Eminence is a sleepy little town, and uh, that was their that was their enjoyment. Oh, yeah. exactly. But out of em- Eminence has come a lot of turkey hunting history, too. But you know what, Mike? We could duplicate that story story a thousand times over little towns across particularly the southern united states and i i think uh, i'm sure this is probably one of the things that inspired you to come become such a collector so what other states have you uh, collected calls from oh i've got uh, some stuff from uh, pennsylvania uh florida um just uh California. i've got uh, i've got an extensive collection i say extensive i've probably got um Probably about 40 or 50 uh, trumpet-type calls, along with uh, wing-bone calls that I've collected from different makers. Um, and I actually have those uh, displayed um, on a—it's actually for sewing thread, and mm-hmm. I found it at a— um, a craft store and it oh. works perfect it has little dowels that stick up and i got all my trumpets and wing bone calls cool. sticking on there you know and that is that uh, is cool but it's just a lot of part of the history of uh, the different types of calls that you can find out there and and uh just you know all the different variations yeah exactly well i gotta ask you you've been into this for what 30 years or so uh 
Probably 20, 25, 30, something like that, yeah. Well, that's, that's quite a span of time. I'm sure you spent thousands of hours researching and searching, you know, and studying these various calls. But, of course, I always have to ask somebody like you that's collected for a long, long time, of all the calls that you have, which one's your favorite? All of them. All of them. <laughs> <laughs> Every one of them. <laughs> you sound like a bass fisherman. <laughs> that's, oh, that's, there's got to be a handful, though, that just stand out. You know, you're so proud to have them in your collection. Well, I've got a, I've got a Permar trumpet that I'm really proud of, uh, it, and I, I still use it today hunting with it. Oh, and I'd, I've I'd, be, in a, I'd be afraid I'd lose something like that. <laughs> um, I've got, uh, and he still makes calls, um, uh-huh. Ralph Permar out of Pennsylvania. Um, but, uh, I just, I've started, uh, trying to collect some of the uh, old Lynch calls now, right. uh, some of the old Birmingham, Alabama, as well as the Liberty, mm. Mississippi, uh, uh, Lynch calls, box calls. Um, and there's a lot of those that you see come up on eBay and the Liberty, Mississippi calls are really starting to bring a premium price too, if they're in really good condition, because the guys are wanting to collect all those up because now I think they're made in Thomasville, Georgia, the company's moved and, um, but Mr. Mike Lynch started the company way back when and actually um, made these things. He started out making them himself, doing all the research and stuff. And, and uh, so some of those old Birmingham, Alabama calls, even Homewood, Alabama calls when he lived in Homewood. Some of them are handwritten on there. It says Homewood, Alabama. Um, and you're lucky if you can ever see one of those on eBay anywhere. And if it does, it really brings a good price. I would imagine so. But I can remember the days, you know, I, I came to this area in the Ozarks about 40 years ago. And, boy, I was real fond of going to these farm auctions, you know. You just find yeah. all kinds of things. Of course, I, I bought a lot of antiques like that, and I'd dig around in boxes, and you'd find very Well, I found a couple of old, old turkey calls, some of them just handmade, you know, over the years. And I did find one, the old one-sided lynch box call at a farm auction one time. I think I gave a whole seven dollars for it you got a deal there that's the old foolproof yeah yeah that was it exactly and i used it for years set it on the mantle and finally wind up giving it to somebody you didn't get it did you so i don't i don't think i got that one bill but if you still got it i might be interested in it (laughs) i think i think somebody talked me out of that probably they probably turned around and sold it and i didn't have any idea if it was worth anything you know but is is that still a possibility today do you People still go to farm auctions, places like that, and still find calls, or is that kind of a thing of the past? Every once in a while, you can go to a farm auction and find something. Um, that's always been one of my fantasies, is to go to an old farm auction <laughs> from an old farmer that lived back in the 1800s and, and, uh, or early 1900s and, and find a, um, an old Gibson box call, which was the first box call ever patented back in 1898. Yeah. Um, and they were actually sold through Simmons Hardware in St. Louis, Missouri. Um, so that's always been one of my fantasies to go over there and dig in the box and find an old, uh, Gibson box call there that nobody else knows what it is. And I can get it for 10, $15, you know, good luck with that. Yeah. Yeah, really. I know. <laughs> well, it never hurts to, you know, it's like any other collector. You've always got things that, you know, boy, this would be the ultimate to have, but you're talking about pricing earlier. Now tell us what some of these old, old calls what they're bringing these days. Uh, you and I both know of a few that have gone for yeah, astronomical uh, prices. Well, the Gibson calls are anywhere from, you know, 12 to 1500 now, maybe sometimes $2,000 if they're in pristine condition. Um, I just seen a uh, Lynch turkey in the pines 
uh, variation box call. Um, it has some artwork on the sides of it and uh, actually had the Birmingham, Alabama, mm, <clears throat> excuse me, Birmingham, Alabama uh, address on the inside of the box. And it went for $885 just about a week ago on eBay. Yeah, but there have been a, been a couple of cases of calls going up, you know, higher than fifty, seventy five thousand, even a hundred thousand dollars. You must be talking about a Neil Cost. Exactly. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. He's the granddaddy of the call makers, right there. He's a. Uh, He's very highly collectible right now, um, and uh, I believe it was uh, uh, the last uh, boat paddle call that he called a boat paddle. Um, it was called the Fat Lady, and uh-huh. I believe it sold for, it was either 50000 or $100,000. A gentleman out of Florida bought it. Yeah. Uh, you can actually go back, a, oh gosh, uh, 18 months, uh, two years ago, I did an article for Hook and Barrel Magazine and uh, covered some of that <clears throat> history i can't remember it all uh, you know i can't remember what happened yesterday yeah. much less what i wrote about two years ago <laughs> but you can look that up and there's other places to look up turkey call history uh mike if somebody's wanting to get started you know there's lots of youngsters coming into turkey hunting and people you know just like yourself and they begin to realize you know there is a grand history behind turkey hunting in the united states if uh Young person or anybody for that that matter. Sometimes people get. I interviewed a guy in Mississippi a couple of weeks ago that took up a, a 3D archery competition mm-hmm. at 64 years old. Oh wow! He, he said, yeah. "I don't do very well, but I sure have a good time." Well, but if people want to get into collecting turkey calls, what's the best way to get started? Well, the best way is to just start doing your research online. Um, watch eBay. Type in turkey calls in a search and. My gosh, there's pages, pages and pages of them on there, um, as well as uh, uh, hit some of the antique malls. Um, there you go. Antique malls. A lot of times, uh, somebody will have a booth in there, and they may have one or two calls in there, you know, and and have them for sale. And that's a. I, I always like to hit the antique malls and check those out because I have heard of guys finding um, pretty valuable calls there. You know? Yeah, I'm sure that works. Another thing I would advise them to do too, just watch for what the local. Yep. call makers are doing because yep. you never know what they're going to turn into yep. I, we both remember uh lyle stab calls from yep. way back when i first come to this part of the country and old lyle made some beautiful calls out of yep. sassafras and that sort of thing i think i passed some of mine on to you and uh but he got me one time you got to watch these call makers he had a little uh, <laughs> gas station there that same and i walked in and there set a a slate pad uh for a, a peg that uh wow it was had to be eight inches long and four or five inches wide and just a huge thing. And, of course, I thought it was just a joke. I, I told Lyle, I said, oh, you're going to tell me that's what you call a monster gobbler's in with. Because yeah. the peg, you could hardly get your hand around it, you know, and had, yeah. had, had a stem coming out of it, oh, bigger than your thumb. And he just laughed. He said, no, that's a pig call. I said, you got to be kidding me. No, 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 no. So he held that thing with his hand, pressed it up, get his stomach, and with a full wide open hand, grabbed that peg and started making circles on it it grunting just like a pig oh. <laughs> i said well you know we do call some of these bigger gobblers pigs so. yeah 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 i i do have one of his calls i went up and talked to lyle and uh i've actually got an earl mickle book uh, earl mickle put out a series of books on call makers uh-huh. he went around to every state uh finding uh leads to different call makers go and interview them and he would buy their calls from them and he had probably the most extensive collection of turkey calls that has ever been set up um but uh he was in one of mr mickle's books and i took my book in there that i had and had him sign it for me and i picked up one of his calls and 
you know, just sitting there talking turkey with him one day. So you, you bet. Yeah, that's a whole nother story. We could get yep. into books yep. uh, and talk about that, but perhaps we'll do that another time. Yep. But oh, Mike, it's always fun to sit and talk to you. You've always got a new story to tell about turkey calls <laughs> or books or or something. But I, I tell you another little tip I can give you, listeners, if you you kind of make friends with somebody who's a collector, like I have with Mike over the decades, you know, you might just squeeze in sometime and get them to take you out in the woods because. These guys are not only collectors, they're usually extremely good turkey callers as well. And I've actually recorded some of Mike's uh, calling out in the woods. And, uh, of course, you always learn from these people, too. And he didn't know that. That was my ultimate goal. <laughs> <laughs> I thought you knew everything, Bill. I well, learned a lot from I, you. There's a lot of turkeys out there in the woods to tell you, yeah. tell you quite oh, yeah. different. <laughs> yes. Just when you think you've got it down, you don't. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, that, that's the grand challenge of it all. We wish everybody well out there in the turkey woods. Stay safe and shoot straight. It's been Bill Cooper with Living the Dream Outdoors Podcast. The Living the Dream Outdoors Podcast is brought to you by Cowtown USA, Alps Outdoors, Cardiac Mountain Outfitters, The Fly Rod Journals, Westover Farms, Scenic Rivers Taxidermy, and Living the Dream Outdoor Properties. Land ownership is the American dream. Land is the basis of all life. Our wise use of this most precious of resources ensures the survival and growth of free institutions and our American way of life. At Living the Dream Outdoor Properties, we value the traditions and freedoms that land provides us. Every day we seek the solace of a mountain sunrise over traffic jams and smog the calming silence of a bubbling stream over the sirens of the city, and the quiet of the countryside over the hustle and bustle of the world. We hunt, we fish, we farm. We live off the land. It's our mission to help our clients live out their dreams on the land as we do. At Living the Dream Outdoor Properties, we believe that it's not just land, it's a lifestyle. Join us five days a week on Living the Dream Outdoor Podcast, as the Living the Dream Outdoor Dream Team explores the most desired outdoor properties in the Midwest and whisks you away to incredible hunting, fishing, and outdoor recreation opportunities. Host Bill Cooper, an inductee of the National Freshwater Fishing Hall of Fame, will be joined by members of the Living the Dream Outdoors team each week as they tell tall tales, unveil tips and tactics, and rub elbows with some of the biggest names in the outdoor world. You'll also find the Living the Dream Outdoors podcast on your favorite social media platforms, including Facebook, YouTube, Instagram, and TikTok.